Now's your chance to get caught up on all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. It's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Driven by your Northern Ohio Honda dealers. Enjoy great deals on an award-winning Honda at your local area Honda dealer. Or visit us online at northernohiohondadealers.com. Now, here's Gene Destro. This week, cryptocurrency in the spotlight, what it is, who uses it, and why Facebook plans to introduce their own version of it. Also, budget smartphones, a MacBook Pro recall, scarily accurate deep fake videos that could threaten our democracy, and how robocalls can be bad for your health. All this and more coming up. Facebook is creating its own digital currency called Libra. It will reportedly debut within the next 6 to 12 months, with Facebook hoping to compete with Bitcoin for e-commerce on the social network. We've got a couple of reports from CBS coming up, including my conversation with tech consultant Larry Magid. But first, a very basic look at exactly what cryptocurrency is with a clip from an interview we did earlier this year with Kent State University finance professor David Pelleg. It is a currency that allows people to make a payment to somebody else without having any bank in the middle of them. And because there's no bank in the middle, it's faster and a lot cheaper. How do I actually get money into this digital form? You would go to a cryptocurrency exchange and you would do a trade where you paid dollars and received Bitcoin. And then you would hold those in your wallet and you'd be able to transfer payments out of your account. For example, I have an app on my phone called Coinbase and using Coinbase, I can buy or sell Bitcoin against dollars, and then I can then transfer those Bitcoin to make payments to other people. And then you connect your credit card to it or something? Exactly. I think the biggest one in the United States is Coinbase. And so using Coinbase, you connect it to your bank account and you can buy or sell Bitcoin. And then with those Bitcoin, you can make payments to other people. Next, a report from CBS business analyst Jill Schlesinger on why Facebook wants to get into the cryptocurrency game. One of the problems that Bitcoin and its successors seeks to solve is that it's very difficult to move money across borders so that if you're living in the United States and you have a family that is in Africa and you want to send money, it is a very costly transaction. And so if this next generation of crypto makes that easier, it would obviously put pressure on the more traditional standard bearers of wire transfers, big banks or Western Union and hopefully bring the price down on, on those services. And I talked to CBS technology consultant Larry Maggot about it as well. Well, it offers a lot of advantages, both for Facebook and for people around the world. First of all, about 1.7 billion of the people in the world are unbanked, which means they don't have access to bank accounts, credit cards, checking accounts, or any way to transfer money electronically, or for that matter, even to make large purchases where they live, because... They have to sometimes literally carry around satchels of cash. So it's a real advantage there. It also makes it much more easy for Facebook to become an e-commerce platform since, again, people around the world who may not have access to banks will have access to a currency that can be transmitted online. So that's a, a big thing for them. It also puts Facebook kind of at the center of a huge financial transaction network. And it's important to point out that they're not going at this alone. There's a coalition involving numerous companies, including financial giants like Visa and MasterCard, as well as companies like PayPal and uh, Spotify, uh, various companies that are involved in this. So 
it gives Facebook a very central role here. But they say that they're not going to be controlling this. It's going to be a coalition uh, run by a nonprofit organization. Uh, they will have their own wallet called Calibra, but the actual Libra currency will be controlled by this international consortium. Will they be able to track people's purchases like they track people's activity on Facebook? There will be some level of tracking. Now, the term cryptocurrency implies that there may be ways to maintain secret transactions. That's certainly the case with Bitcoin. But the bottom line is that, yes, Facebook will have information, or I should say its subsidiary will have information. Facebook has pledged that there will be no connections in terms of data between the subsidiary and Facebook, except when required by law or for necessary technical reasons. So if you take them at their word, they won't be using this information to track people, uh, to advertise to people, or in any way uh, exploit that information, at least so they say. Is this going to be something that people will be able to believe is secure? Well, I think that many people will believe it's secure when they look at the list of partners and when they see the assets and back it because there will be billions of dollars in money in reserves. But there will be those who will say, wait a minute, it doesn't have the full power of the U.S. government or any other government. It's not federally insured, guaranteed. And so I'm sure it won't have the same level of trust that people have, for example, in their bank accounts. So is there actually an advantage to consumers here in the U.S.? Well, I think it's less of an advantage in the U.S. than it is abroad. But I do think that the advantage to everybody in the U.S. and elsewhere is to have a secure free or close to free, easy to use payment system that they can use to make purchases and to transfer money. But of course, we already have similar products like Venmo and PayPal. So it's not as if we haven't had any of that. But I think with Facebook and these companies behind it, the idea of uh, people to people electronic uh, financial uh, transactions will become more popular. With some smartphones topping $1,000 or even more these days, at the same time lots of people's budgets are stretched pretty thin, you've got to wonder if there's any such thing as a great or at least pretty good smartphone that you could buy at a lower price. And as Brian Cooley tells us, there is. Google's latest phone costs as little as $400. Samsung's $350. Both a far cry from the $1,000 flagships you always hear about. These aren't necessarily phones for buyers on a budget, but for buyers who realize good enough is good enough. Google's Pixel 3a gives up waterproofing and some processor speed, but has the same quality camera and an excellent display like the budget-busting models. And it's got a headphone jack. Similarly, Samsung's Galaxy A50 has an advanced multi-lens camera, like in the high-end phones, and is a full 6.4-inch screen design. Battery life isn't sacrificed on either one, and there's hardly a phone made today without a really good image display. Phone makers are realizing that phones have come down to screen size, camera quality, and a good enough battery. You probably won't get a full-day charge out of any phone. We just use them too much. Know what's next at CNET. Apple is recalling some MacBook Pro laptops because they pose a fire safety risk. Details from CBS News' Laura Podesta in New York. The tech giant says some 15-inch MacBook Pro laptops have batteries that may overheat. The affected laptops are an older design without the touch bar keyboard and were sold between September 2015 and February 2017. Recalls related to overheating batteries are not uncommon in consumer electronics, and Apple says it will replace the battery free of charge.
In Washington, the House Intelligence Committee recently heard from experts on the national security challenges of artificial intelligence and so-called deep fakes. Concern is growing with the 2020 elections coming up that images of candidates could be manipulated to influence election results. Chairman Adam Schiff. Rapid progress in artificial intelligence algorithms has made it possible to manipulate media, video, imagery, audio, text, with incredible, nearly imperceptible results. With sufficient training data, these powerful deepfake generating algorithms can portray a real person doing something they never did or saying words they never uttered. And he tells us why that matters so much. A state-backed actor creates a deepfake video of a political candidate accepting a bribe with a goal of influencing an election. Or an individual hacker claims to have stolen audio of a private conversation between two world leaders when, in fact, no such conversation took place. You probably already know how bad robocalls are for your nerves and your peace of mind, but now we have a report they could be bad for your health in a whole new and pretty scary way. Vicki Barker has the story. Bad enough that Americans had to field a record 4.7 billion robocalls last month alone. Increasingly, the scammers are tying up the lines of hospitals and cancer centers, potentially threatening lives. In one morning this past April, Tufts Medical Center in Boston registered more than 4,500 calls. The Washington Post says the scammers are able to evade call blocking software, and medical administrators complain that government regulators and phone companies have been slow to help. Vicki Barker, CBS News. Anybody who's ever driven on icy roads in the winter knows that sometimes it looks like the street is paved with glass. But now, as Jim Shenevy reports, there's some new technology that actually will pave the streets with glass, and that's a good thing. What would you think if you could drive down a road made of glass? Well, scientists in Australia want to make that a reality. Researchers at the Deakin School of Engineering in Victoria have taken recycled glass containers and created a type of concrete. It's super high strength and water resistant, a perfect material for high traffic areas such as highways and airport runways. Basically, what they've done is turn the recycled glass back into sand and mixed it with a polymer binder instead of lime-type cement. Through a chemical reaction called hydration, the resulting paste hardens to form a rock-like mass that can take on many shapes. The potential uses are wide-ranging, from bridges and sidewalks to superhighways, even dams. What's more, the process utilizes glass that is unsuitable for other types of recycling, and it addresses shortages of natural mine sands around the world. And that's for your information. I'm Jim Shenevy, CBS News. And that's it for now. See you next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Driven by your northern Ohio Honda dealers. Enjoy great deals on an award-winning Honda at your local area Honda dealer. Or visit us online at northernohiohondadealers.com. Tune in next week for more tech news and listen online at wakr.net.